Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're live. Everybody, welcome to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU athletics, the Big 12 Conference, and extensive weather delays. I'm Joel Bracken. Uh, I'm at WV Stats Guy on Twitter, and I'm joined, like always, by Jordan Pinto. Um, he's at Game Day Shorts. Jordan, you were at the game this weekend uh, with the extensive weather delays. How was uh, morale and just the the waiting game that is playing an FCS opponent with a two hour delay? Yeah, I was there briefly. Uh, so I took my daughter in. We went in way before the game, um, saw the band, saw the fireworks, did that whole deal. So she had a really good time with it. But, uh, you know, it was getting close to bedtime anyways. And so when the lightning, the lightning stuff happened, we kind of ski daddled. Um, but I thought Neil said it best. Uh, you know, he, he said in his post game, he's like, yeah, I was kind of at my breaking point. So that break was probably as good for me as it was for anybody. And uh, feelings fucking mutual, buddy, because, yeah. you know, we were uh, what, like a, a a legal pick play away from 14, 14 um, early second quarter or late first quarter with Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. It was, it, God, it was just one of those when, when the ball hit spells foot, like you could just, the whole crowd was just like, are you fucking <laughs> like, here we go. Here we go again. Like, is this, this is how this is going to go. And then they score. And it's just like, uh, so no, it was good. It, like, Ultimately, I, I think that treating this as the second preseason game and we're zero and zero and now things are real is the right approach. I'm happy that we took care of business the way we did after after the game resumed. Um, that's what we should do to a team like Duquesne. Um, yeah. So ultimately, no, no harm done. But um, but boy, uh, th- this week's big. Yeah, the table, this the table is set. Like, it's we, set. Can, we can talk about... Duquesne as much or as little as you know you want it's it's I don't really take much stock out of the game like yeah there's a few positives and a few things to to bring up but like you know the punting thing it's like the the punt was so short and it had like backspin came and hit one of our guys like weren't you know it's just one of those things it's like that's probably not going to happen you know the focus for a team like oh this, for sure the focus for a team like this is like probably you know not quite there but you know the weather delay was probably a nice reset where duquesne definitely came out with a game plan and execute i mean it executed as well as they could expect to the first 15 minutes of the game play resumed and you know that was what you expected to see and um hey gary green threw some dimes like there was some you know there's some some yeah, fun football there so um yeah so you know as usual on the show we're going to do the the review or as usual during the season we'll do the review do a little Big 12 recap, Big 12 precap, and then we will set the table for this week's game. Um, I think appropriately weighted this week will be the uh, the preview and you know the review. Like I said, there's some stuff we can talk, but um, I'm not taking any any large stock out of there. Um, 
so maybe maybe the biggest thing i mean i, I guess this is probably um across the board so hudson clement wh- wh- where did this guy come from so wh- wh- what is this about um yeah, uh, good question. I mean, what former uh, state player of the year in West Virginia a couple years ago scored eight touchdowns in the state championship game. Um, it's not the first time we've heard his name, right? Like if you've been following uh, the the offseason stuff, um, you know, if you watch the offseason player interviews, it's a it's a name that has come up as a guy who makes plays in practice. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When 84 came out and lined up on the first player of the game, play of the game, I just looked at my brother and I was just like, you know, who the who the fuck is this guy? Um which is also, uh, by the way, I think that's uh, last night broke the record number of who the fuck is this guy text <laughs> that I've received in a single night. Because yeah. obviously, like, you know, 10 or 15 for each of his three touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he looked legit to me. Like, you know, the, the reputation is that he can catch. Um, looked plenty fast on, on the two touchdowns. You know, the one where the guy was close enough to him to... Uh, to maybe catch up. The guy didn't, didn't catch up. So I don't know. I mean, Neil says he's earned a spot going forward. He got the scholarship after the game. Do you think that he, I mean, he's got to be somehow involved going forward, right? Like you can't just, it's not like any of our other guys were, were getting open and doing things like that. I mean, the fact that he was playing so early in the game tells me that he's doing something in practice that is winning that position. Um, Like he wasn't just randomly selected to go out there and and play um, at that point in the game. So, you know, it's hard to, like I said, take stock away from this game. Like, would he just scored any of those touchdowns against a, a a team that we will play the rest of the year? Like, it's hard to say. Like, he was wide open. Only one way to find out. Wide open down the seam, like on two of those. So, um, you know, and then the outrunning. Like, are you outrunning a a, a power five corner or something like there? a four seven cornerback? Yeah, or something like yeah. No, I I'm I'm with you. I'm with but, you. But hey, um, it's it's a welcome spark. We talked about it a lot this off season. Like we don't know who the guy is in the receiving room yet, and we need like two or three of them. So, I mean, if we can even just get on the theme of it's a different guy every week, that's fine too. I mean, you know, it was yeah. Um, you know, now we we've had two straight weeks where you didn't know who the guy was going to be coming into the game, and there was kind of a definitive guy of the game. So, I mean, that's a bright spot. Um, but I, I think it also lends well to just Garrett Green. After the after the delay, whatever it was that early second quarter to halftime, Gary yeah. Green was slinging the thing. Like, yeah. there was some yeah. big time throws and a lot of like the deep throws. Um, I know you put something in the chat earlier today about the deep throws. I mean, it was working, just fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean Neil said after the game, he's like, you know, he was throwing it deep better than he was throwing or hitting the laps. Right? We keep hearing well, he's missing the laps, and it's like, well, maybe we should stop throwing the laps and we should start throwing down the field. Um, because yeah, clearly, I mean, um, yeah, even before, even before, I think he was four for 11 before the break, but there were three drops and two of those were guaranteed touchdowns. Right. So, you know, you figure seven for 11, I think he ended up like 10 for 18 or 10 for 19. So 13 for 19 with, you know, a couple hundred yards and four or five touchdowns. Um, and I mean, some of them, I mean, just really nice throws, right? Like hit, hit Preston Fox, right in stride. He dropped it, um, hit Clement right in stride twice. And for, you know, honestly, that might be if they have really good chemistry and Garrett green is one of the guys who I've heard mention Hudson Clement before Hudson Clement. I don't know. I don't know where the accent is on, on the last name, but um, if they have chemistry, that's worth something alone because like, I mean, it's not like these other guys are blowing our doors off. Green puts that, that third down early in the game, right on Cortez Braham, like makes a really nice throw on the outcut dude drops it. Um, 
Yeah, I think my favorite throw, like obviously, right? You 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 mentioned it. They were wide open on a couple of those, but the uh, the one to Preston Fox up the seam, yep. um, kind of like drilled it like right into his body, you know, kind of a thing where it was like that was kind of where the throwing window was. Like if he had led him too far, the safety would have been there to make a play. Um, if he had if he had kind of thrown it inside too far, the linebacker was there, and he ended up like back shoulder like drilling it just straight into his numbers so that. Fox had to like the way that he forced Preston Fox to catch it was like the only way the ball was going to get in there. Um, which is like, that's a high level quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, you, you see enough, obviously again, it's FCS, whatever, but like the guy can make the throws, right. It's up to us to scheme guys open and those guys to make plays. Like, I, I think that's, that's my takeaway from as far as green goes. Yeah. He had a 94.9 PFF grade when he, on his passes over 20 yards. I think he had 10 of them um, and was on the money. He had like, it was like over 200 yards, three touchdowns on those, on those 10 throws. And I think there were only five completions, but um, grading out well on the, you know, the, the throwing portion of it. But I think the big thing too, for me was just that it was like a confidence building game for him. Like that was his yeah. best. That was his best game as a Mountaineer. It was against an FCS team, but like you could see the confidence in those, whatever we had three or four drives in a row in the end of the second quarter into the third quarter. I don't know. It was a weird, you know, flow of the game. Yeah, but whatever amount of drives he had after the break in a row, we scored on all of them, and you would just see the confidence was there. And that, I mean, I think that's the important takeaway. Um, another thing I just really liked, um, also throwing Nico in there, is through the entire game, the quarterbacks had zero turnover-worthy plays. That's just nice. I mean, like there shouldn't be any. Like this, you know, we were the more skilled team, but um, you know, keeping keeping that ball safe—that's been something the offense has been good at this year. So. Um, it was it was a red flag, right? Um, you know, uh, I think what did we say? Green was like top ten nationally. I think is he had like a five point one turnover worthy play rate last year, which is which is way up there. Um, and yeah, so zero through two games, obviously one against a really good defense, um, and then one of those against a really bad defense. But yeah, um, not putting the ball in harm's way. That's encouraging. Um, I like Jaheim White has to play. Jaheim White has to play. <laughs> Dude, um, uh, you know, CJ, 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 Jalen Anderson's really, really good. Um, I think I'm on record of, of being a huge Jalen Anderson fan, but like, you know, I hate to say that Justin Johnson's like the odd man out. Cause he, he had a nice run against Penn state too. Right. But it's like, dude, we gotta, and I don't know if it's, it's backfield or if it's in the slot. Cause Jaheim White can catch the ball too, but like, we got to get that guy. There's, if we're not getting him a couple touches and not getting Rodney Gallagher a couple touches a game, we're, we're doing something wrong. I agree. I, I, that was in my notes that, um, you know, the touches he got were very impressive and yeah, I, I just, I want to see more. Um, maybe my only, like let him return kicks or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, just free touches. I mean, this, but, this yeah. is, you know, the, the great coaches find ways to get these guys, the ball in space. You see it mm-hmm. in all the levels of football. And, uh, yeah, he's a guy who needs to have the ball several times a game. Just, we need those chances of, of the big play potential. Um, Another guy on the offense, I just had my last note on the offense was uh, Cole Taylor. I really like, yeah, I really like the game he played, and he really showed showed a little ability there. Where it was like, oh, this is a guy we can like target on short yard passes. Like we, he can go get the ball. He can go get it. He actually, so I think he was one of Garrett's only misses in that kind of that first sequence. Um, had him up the right sideline, 
And you can see what he's trying to do. Like the the cornerback was in good coverage, so Garrett was just trying to throw it high and ended up like throwing it too high, threw it out of bounds. But like he's a weapon, man. Like you can you can tell. Um, and it's you know it's something that that Garrett realizes, and I feel like we're trying to like scheme it in uh, to to the way that we're kind of using him. You know, we're like trying to isolate him on a little bit smaller guys, like on that one. You know, little like wheel route type thing on a cornerback where just throw it up, let him box him out, and make a play exactly, on it. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I look forward. Yeah, I think that's going to be, especially as the season goes on and Gary gets a little bit more comfortable of like, Hey, you know, I just, just put it in his radius. And if it's one-on-one, he's probably got a, you know, a better than 50, 50 chance of coming down with it. So, um, yeah, no, he, he looks good, man. Yeah. He looks good. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, once again, a lot of bodies played a lot of guys and they're getting snaps, you know, shout out. I think Beanie Bishop's interception was pretty phenomenal. He, did not have eyes on the ball till it was in his hands. Like it, no. it just kind of happened. But I think those are the kinds of plays that swing games. I mean, like it didn't really matter in this game, but like, yeah, that's like a drive stopping. They would have had the ball inside the 10 or 15 if that ball was caught or even just, you know, the ability to make the play on a ball that you have no business picking off. That was impressive to me. Um, Dude, we've been, we've been waiting two years for a defensive back to make a play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to fault opponent or anything. I'm just glad somebody turned around and made a play on the ball. Yeah. Um, we actually we batted a couple passes down last night. I think uh, Malachi Ruffin had one. Anthony Wilson had one. So yep. that was good. Um, front seven was as dominant as expected. I think that um, through two games, I, these, uh, kind of surprisingly, the I don't know, surprisingly, but um, strength of the defense secondary, like really needs to sort of shit out. Um, I think I saw a stat five 20 plus yard passes yesterday for Duquesne, yeah. um, which is like five more than, than we really need to be allowing against them. Um, obviously Penn state shredded us. I don't, I don't know. Do, I mean, we just, I don't know what we can do to help these guys out. They just look clueless, man. There was a, I want to, I don't even know if it was secondary for his Lance Dixon or something, but it was before the break because I was still there. But like the quarterback broke contain, kind of rolled towards our sideline, and we had a dude covered. And then like whoever was covering him just like completely vacated, and they just like threw like a simple little pass along the sideline and gave like eight yards. Yep. And it's just like the kind of thing. It's like there's just it just seems like very very low awareness in terms of what the zone responsibilities are. And I don't know if it's just because they've been drilled too hard and they're playing like robots, or if it's just because like they're. I don't want to say dumb, but like just dumb, dumb football players or what, but man, it's like, it's just, it feels like it's getting worse and worse over the last two years. Those are just infuriating habits. I mean, it's like I said, as a fan, it's easy to like yell at your TV when you have all 22 of you and be like numbers, but also like as a, as a, as a defensive back, like simple numbers, simple, like awareness of, of um, yards to gain and like the cushion you're allowing. Like, I don't know if that's being coached or if that's like, you know, like they're not getting the thing it like what what's happening there. But agree that that's, you know, just continually a frustrating thing. And, you know, it costs games. It costs it extends drives. That's what kills me. It's like third and three, yeah. and they throw the little out and or it's just those little eight yards. Oh, that get you into a manageable situation. That's yeah. it's it's killer. Um, Yeah, it's hard for me to diagnose like what the big thing is when these these big plays like that. The their first drive extended after the punt. Like, I mean, we looked lost when that ball was in the air um well that that's that's what i was just gonna say right so we're in a we're we're cover three team generally right i mean we run one deep safety we what we have the two guys on the outside and sometimes they'll play man and sometimes it's just straight cover three right which means deep safety has middle zone cornerback on each side has deep zone on their side right so there's three dudes back that's cover three one two mm-hmm. three um 
the most basic rule when you're taught cover three is that you stay deeper than the deepest, yep. right? And, and and Lamp Lamp has uh, I love Lamp, but Lamp has one guy on his fucking side and just doesn't doesn't he's go behind with him, him, and he's like looking for the ball in the air behind him. Yeah, and it's just like, what are you? Yeah. Like you know, we can worry about steps four, five, and six, and like the nuances of a zone at some point. But like, literally, you didn't even check the first box. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I- I'm at a loss. Um. I'm sure our defensive coaches are uh, at a little bit of a loss. It has to be frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, because we've been talking about these exact same points for a long time. <laughs> Two years of podcasts of talking about the same, just, the same just thing. Just in the script every week. It's just like, mention yeah. the getting burned deep play. Um, so it's our C segment every week. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, interesting enough, on PFF, of the starters, the two highest rated starters on the defensive side of the ball were both the corners, Beanie Bishop and Malachi Ruffin. Well, I thought Ruffin played well. He didn't start, but I thought he played well when he started to play. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, got to get that figured out. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Pitt here in a bit, but uh, you know that that that's going to be a role and I, I or be a factor in that game. And um, yes. yeah, got to get those things tightened up. But anything else on Duquesne? Like any uh any big topics here that we're not thinking of or just uh heard uh, heard Ollie Straw in a boot. Who is? So that could be Ollie Straw punter got rolled up on on that first punt. It looked like I uh, heard he's in a walking. That boot, did not so look that bad. I thought he was embellishing to be honest. Like on watching on TV, really? it looked like yeah, he I was selling it. See it. That's crazy. He got up and kind of like, I mean, he walked off yeah. under his own. So that's, I thought the same thing. I was like, this guy's just, you know, this guy's selling. But uh, yeah, I thought I either heard or read or something that he's using a boot. Maybe it's just preventative. Yeah. Maybe he's okay. That's surprising but, too, because like it was only a five yard penalty. It wasn't even like he got trucked. It was just, you know, like he was landing yeah. and, and rushed through a dude. Like a weird thing. Anyway, something to keep an eye on, yeah. but. Other than that, no, I'm good on Duquesne. Good win. Preseason over. Zero and zero. Yep. We're where, we're where I would have put a lot of money to say we probably were going to be. We're one and one. And, uh, yeah. and well, what would the odds have been, right? Oh, it's it, WVU's record through two games, like minus 1,500. Oh, I mean, I'd say there was a 95 to, well, I'd say 98% chance we were going to beat Duquesne. And there was a, so yeah, like minus 3,000. There was a 10% chance, 15% chance we were beating Penn State. So, yep. yeah, that's. We are who we thought That's we the were. Math, so, so, yeah. So, all right. So, Duquesne wrapped up. Penn State also wrapped up. Preseason's over. It's it's time to kick it into gear. Uh, before we get to that, right. Big 12 recap. Very fun week in the Big 12. There was lots of yeah. interesting results. I'll read through the boring results first. We'll just wash them away. Kansas beats Illinois by two scores. Impressive. Impressive win. Boring. Jalen Daniels is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I man, that's a Power 5 team. Kansas is out here beating other Power 5 teams. Like, you remember when they would lose to FCS teams in the preseason? <laughs> like, now they're out here beating other teams in the Big Ten. It's crazy. That must be that's, nice. That's really, really <laughs> something. We should we should look into that. We should have a guy looking into that. What? Fucking hell. Uh, All right. What are the other boys? K-State ones? beat Troy. Nothing yeah. special. BYU beat Southern Utah. Nothing special. OU beat SMU. I had this in boring. It was 28-11. Not a crazy spread as you would expect, but whatever. TCU beat Nichols. Oklahoma State, if you were up at like 1.30 or 2 a.m. Eastern last night, they beat Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State beat Arizona State 27-15. to I did not catch that one because it was like starting when I was going to bed, it felt like. Um, yeah. Whatever. So those are the uh, the whatever games 
then the the ones that caught my eye, we'll, we'll just kind of go down in chronological order. So the first one in the twelve, the noon slot, Utah Baylor. Um, I don't know if you got to watch any of these. I'm sure you were tailgating or or doing whatever. Um, but man, Baylor gacked this one up bad. <laughs> Did they? I just saw the final, so no, I didn't get to watch it. Um, I was man, it was my least hype game day in in several decades. Uh. <laughs> just doing the family thing, you know. Anyways, I saw a third. It was twenty to thirteen, right? So I just assumed, like, um, you know, it was, standard uh, little it, game. It, but it yeah, was twenty. Ahead. Yeah, Baylor was up a touchdown, and it was like everything's fine. I, I think it was starting to be like, oh, we got this. And then um, Utah gets the ball, goes down, scores. Baylor get, and ties it. Baylor gets the ball back with like I don't know, less than a minute to go immediately throws an interception in their own territory and Utah comes down and wins it. It was brutal. I, I actually, like, I am not a Baylor fan at all. I felt kind of bad. It was it was a painful one because it was like, it's because, the mood was yeah. just like, we got this. And then they just yeah. did not have it. They could not close the door. <laughs> well, it's, dude, we've seen, the reason that we can feel that one is because we have felt that one, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so 0-2 for Baylor. Who could have seen that coming, that Baylor wasn't going to be very good? Um, you know who else is Owen to? Who? Um, are you going with Texas Tech? Was there somebody else? There might be, but yeah, I was going with Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. Also, those were I think we mentioned that similar games where you have a Pac-12, a good. I mean, they had Utah and Oregon coming into town for Baylor and Texas yep. Tech. Um, Tech led that one by two scores entering the fourth quarter. Kind of the same deal, just sort of threw it away at the end there. That's what. So I watched I watched parts of that game actually, and the parts that I watched, Texas Tech had it in hand, and I was like, oh okay, yeah. So last week was just a seven turnover fluke, and everything's fine. And it probably it might still be right. Oregon's Oregon's what top fifteen? Yeah, they're fine. Um, but yeah, what like three touchdown? They got they got blank twenty twenty to nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and sour taste yeah, for both tough. those Baylor and Texas Tech. That's, getting that's not good. It isn't like that at home too. It's like doubly demoralizing. Um, that's not good. Yeah, speaking tough. of losing games at home iowa state cannot yeah. get over the hump versus iowa they have their number it doesn't matter how good or bad either of those teams are iowa always finds a way 20 to 13 um saw rocco beck was the quarterback for, for iowa state yeah so uh they're, they're doing that i look forward to him uh transferring here uh after garrett green's second heisman in 2025 yeah that'd be something um because obviously at that point nico will have will have left but um. Yeah, I was gonna say. What do you think the over under for that game was? I mean, I'm sure we could look it up, but honestly, twenty to thirteen might have come kind of close. Thirty three points. <laughs> I mean, it was probably like thirty eight or something like that. Yeah, it's, it had to be low. Um, man, I feel Iowa State can never win that game. Like they. No, never, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. It feels like. Um, Cincinnati played Pitt, and that was an interesting game. Um, that was on the CW, which is hilarious, just to begin with. Um, I, saw- I was able to uh, to adjust my bunny ears on my TV. I actually was able to find that game, so <laughs> I watched I watched a good bit of that one when uh, when our weather delay was on, just to you know scouting. Yeah. Obviously, well, did you see, did you see um, anything that stood out? Since he looked better than I thought they would, yeah. um, Emory Jones is a real player. The receivers, I know we were we were talking. I think they have three receivers, uh, transfer receivers starting, um, all making plays. I think Pitt might stink though, so I'm not. Here, here's my takeaway: is that Cincy beating Pitt gives us fucking no excuse this exactly. week. Is is what that put? It just puts more pressure on us because 
I don't what was Cincinnati like? I don't know. They were eleventh or twelfth or thirteenth. They were right there with uh, us. preseason. Yeah. yeah, right there with us at the bottom of the conference. And Pitt had to do some work to make this score look the way it did. I think it was 27-21, 27-7 um, in the fourth quarter. So no fucking excuses. Exactly. Yeah, more on Pitt in a bit. But yeah, Cincinnati actually won that game more than the score dictated. Um, Yeah. We'll we'll get to the big one last. Uh, UCF at Boise. You know, Good coming in, you thought UCF would light it up. Only 18 points scored, 18 to 16 win over Boise. Weird scoreline, but without looking, I assume that UCF had six turnovers. I um, I actually haven't looked. There's so many Big 12 games. It's I actually haven't. Really... It's hard to. It's hard to. Yeah, you, there's no way to watch all of them. Um, Houston. What did he, Houston was down 28 and then came back. 28 nothing came back and won 35 28 in overtime. Is that right? Houston lost. Houston lost to Rice. Um, no, I thought they no, won. No, they lost in double OT to Rice. <laughs> no. Were they up 28 nothing? Um, I don't even remember. Hold on here. Here, I have to look this up. Hold on. Um, go ahead. We're, 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 we're efforting here. Yeah, Rice was up 21 nothing. Houston had a 21.4th quarter, and it went to double OT. And I'm, it looks like the two-point conversion was an 8-6, sixth period. 43-41 Rice. Um, not a good no. look for Dana. No. So that puts, <laughs> does that put Houston at 0 and 2? I they had a, maybe they had a close uh, no, one and one, one and one. They beat somebody last week by like set like 17, 14 or something yes, like that. Right. Um, yeah. So that was a, that was in one, another one that stood out. And then of course the, the number one game in the big 12 this week was Texas yeah. Bama. Um, that was a really exciting game. Texas handed it was a good game. Saban his first double digit home loss since 2003. It's a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. No, I mean, so I, I watched a good bit of this one uh, during our delay as well. Texas. Texas is the real deal. I'm not sure that Bama is Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, as fun as their quarterback is, the the level of play that he's capable of is just a little bit below uh, Bryce Young and, and Mac Jones, and that's fine. Like, those guys are two top ten draft picks. Um, or Mac might not have been. Anyways. Two NFL starting quarterbacks, right? So, you know, don't uh, don't beat yourself up too much for that. But that is the difference, right? That's at that level of football. That's that that can be the difference. Um, yeah, Texas. They made a lot of big plays when I was watching. Just like they have a lot of playmakers, which I guess shouldn't surprise us. They got a lot of dudes, and uh, they got dudes. They they closed the door in the way that Texas has not done for like yeah. several years. They've been notorious for throwing it away, and they made the plays down the stretch they had to make. That was what what sort of stood out to me. Yep. I was like, Oh wow. They actually realized their potential for once. Um, also a super side note on Texas. I I'm a Denver Broncos fan today. I saw Russell Wilson, his first, first touchdown of the year to the, for the Broncos was to Lil Jordan Humphrey. If you remember <laughs> that name, okay. I did not. I mean, that was 2018 when we played them in that big Texas game. And yeah, uh, yeah he was the first, first touchdown for the Broncos this season, which I was like, wow, not heard that name in a while. So, Interesting. Um, but yeah, Texas. That's a good pull. Texas is definitely in first place in your power rankings, or whatever, on the Big Twelve. I mean, there's no disputing that. Um, Oklahoma, I think, is right there. They haven't played anybody, so it doesn't doesn't mean too much yet. K State. I mean, K State's going to be good. We knew this. Um, they're handling business. Kansas has got to be up there. Kansas is up there. I'm really excited to see Kansas play some conference games and see where they shake yep. out because I, I still can't get a read on it, but. 
beating another power five by two scores is an encouraging look. Um, into the Big 12 precap, uh, yeah. not a lot of great games this week, to be honest. Um, K-State has got five and a half points at Missouri. Um, that's a good one. Iowa State is a two-point favorite at Ohio University. That is an odd one to me that they are traveling there. Um, otherwise, we have TCU is playing at Houston. That's our first true conference game. I think that's yeah, that's that's the biggest game of the week besides ours. Um, TCU getting seven points there. Um, or no, sorry, TCU giving seven points. TCU seven point favorites at Houston. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what you learn about either team uh, in that one. I mean, I guess if Houston beats TCU, then like is TCU worse than we thought, or is Houston slightly friskier, or probably just Houston's probably going to be an up and down team Houston's all year. Houston's going to be I a high variance team. I mean, they just lost to Rice, yeah. but they'll probably beat somebody good. They'll probably beat somebody good. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, I mean, what Texas, uh, Wyoming's going to Texas. Was Wyoming with a chance to go two and zero against the Big Twelve this oh, year? That one's potentially the frisky. Cowboys. I mean, you think Texas will probably come in with a little little hangover just in terms of like little let yeah, down. little little soft spot in the scheduling. Um, Twenty eight points. That's interesting. Wyoming clearly playing good football this year so yeah byu by byu ten and a half point dogs at arkansas um kansas at nevada yeah that's another one where it's like nevada's not a big school but they're they're an occasionally good football program kansas got 28 points in that game so did they oh yeah. okay well then maybe this is just not one of those other than that what do you long Island south, at baylor south alabama oklahoma at oklahoma state. state oklahoma state only getting nine points yeah that's also ooh. so oh, some no. interesting lines, Just, but not a lot of great games. Yeah, not a lot of great games. Um, I think the undisputed best game uh, for any Big Twelve participants this week is the backyard brawl. Um, yeah, both uh, with my. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details skewed opinion and with my objective opinion i think it's the best game um and hey let's get into it it's it's the pit preview it's it's, it's backyard brawl week um it's that time and it's a good week to hate i'm pit. calling it the pivotal backyard brawl because this is 
this is a directional <clears throat> i mean like we love rivalries a lot of times your rivalry game is your measuring stick like where are we compared to the team that's kind of close to us that's kind of like us are we better than them are they better than us this is a game where it's like we're gonna go in a direction after this game and pit you yeah. can even say pit is too because you know coming off a loss to cincinnati like if we give them a loss here, like you know, that's that's turning their their nice little couple years of prosperity downward. Um, Who knows how many people would decommit, you know, after that? Because God knows we're recruiting the same players. Um, boy, it would really just suck if we started their spiral back into irrelevancy. I would hate that. That would be the worst. Uh, but that's why we love these games because someone gets to feel that crushing pain afterwards, and uh, it could be a mid off. It could be two bad teams, and someone has to win. You don't you don't know what, but um, early numbers coming in. At least when I checked a little earlier today, recording this on Sunday night, um, Pitt was getting uh, two point favorite in our in our building. Um, yeah. It's free money. Fucking hammer it, dude! What? Do we... Oh my god! Like, have, has Vegas not watched Pitt play? Yeah, this year because I've watched Pitt play and I've watched us play, and I don't see. Yeah. It. I'm not biased at all, and I don't see it. <laughs> no bias detected. Um, but, I mean, we we talked about it a lot last year, I think, in our pit preview, but the Backyard Brawl is, is super special. It's, a you know, in this world of college football where things are getting less and less meaningful, you're moving away from tradition in, in terms of conferences, in terms of regional rivalries, um, and the way all this stuff is going – in a, in a season, even like right now, we're not going to win the national championship. I'm going to go ahead and like probably say that we're probably not going to win the Big Twelve. Like I'm not saying it's impossible, but we're probably not. But you know what can make a good season? You beat you you you, you kick the pants off Pitt at home in front of you know a home crowd. Get everybody excited. It's good for the coaches. Good for the the recruits. Good for the you know everybody involved. Um, th- this is like, you know, one of those games that is important, I think for college football, just in general, these are the games that matter a lot more than just like a week in week out kind of game. This isn't the same as playing Texas tech or Iowa state or whatever. So, um, is it, uh, is it too much to say that the fate of the world rests upon? No, nah, I mean, it is too much you- to say that, but look, like, I mean, when is the last time we've had a single game that matters? I mean, you mentioned the recruits, right? Like. We have every single recruit that we want is going to be at the game this weekend. Um, if Neil Brown doesn't be pit, like I have not talked to a single person who has said that, like everybody said, if he doesn't beat pit, I'm done with him. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, we've had more important two game stretches. We've had more important stretch. You know, some of these times when we were kind of in contention, right uh, under Dana, where it's like, man, if we, if we do something in these last two or three games, we're going to be in the title game. Right. Like that's pivotal. But like, this is like a uh, future of the program. Yeah type of stuff here, right? Like if we lose this game, um, you know, Neil's, well, I mean, he's going to have to do a lot to not get fired, right? This is a game in which there are zero, absolutely zero moral victories. There is a win or a loss. Yeah. And it is like, if we play good and lose by a field goal, that's a fucking loss. Like nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. It's going to be brutal. Um, and you know that it, this is like a you know it's a, it's a push all your chips in like this is a big deal this is like I think of like um you know if you see like presidential approval ratings you know they sort of tick along up and down up and down Neil's like toeing the line but the weight of the next result I think will dramatically drag him down and it can give him a nice boost if it goes well too 
Um, yeah. But like he is in the red if if we lose this game. Like it is like yeah, you better win your next three because you, you yeah like the goodwill is gone. Um, so yeah. I think that's the emotions behind this game. I mean, it's there's there's no way around it. This is like an important game and. Um, and it's gonna feel like it's gonna feel like that in the stadium. We were talking about it beforehand. This is one where I mean, I, I, I want to beat them so bad. Like <laughs> um, the crowd is the crowd is gonna be fucking. Hung. It's not a particularly good pit team, no. right? It they 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 may stink. Pit may stink, right? Um, Cincinnati beat them. We we just said Cincinnati beat them. Pit may stink. Um, and so if it goes bad, like the crowd is gonna be furious. Like I'm just gonna, it's gonna be an angry crowd, and that can be a really bad thing but if it goes well it's going to be a really good thing because i'm telling you it's going to be 60 minutes locked in nobody's going to leave early people are going to show up early and it has a chance right like if if this game goes well this is going to be by far the best atmosphere of the neil brown era and if i mean if he beats him by like two or three touchdowns it's going to be the best result i don't care if Pitt ends up winning three games or not like yeah we haven't had a better win than than if we just beat the shit out of them at home. Yeah, Neil hasn't had the position to step on the throat many times. You step on the throat here. Like, you... God, I hear a fucking thing about, well, we thought if we could get to 27 points, we had a good chance. Dude, go f- score 50. Yeah. Like, this is not a game that I want to win by three points. I want this to be over third quarter. I want to be celebrating through the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to. Oh my god, please! So, please. so I, I think, I think, Anyways, yeah. I think we've laid our emotional um, baggage about this game. Game in. So, objectively, <sighs> let's let's talk about Pitt because they just lost to Cincinnati, who was picked pretty low in the Big Twelve um, at yeah. home. So that was definitely a you know a downgrade of the Pitt overall team. Um, you know, I guess let's let's start with, start with Pitt having the ball. Um, quarterback Phil Jerkovich, um, big guy, transfer from Boston College following his old offensive um, offensive coordinator. I couldn't think of the word. Um, following his guy over here, Signetti. And, and you know, last week versus Cincinnati, he, he really wasn't good. He wasn't good and tremendously bad under pressure. And I feel like that's <laughs> the number one key. I mean, I think we both independently were looking at the stuff and it's like, we need to just hit this guy a lot. Let's go after yeah. him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a statue, right? Like he can move a little bit, but like, uh, you can, he, you can see Cincinnati had him shaking in his little booties a little bit, you know, like he wasn't stepping into throws. He wasn't doing anything. I think, I mean, when you say that he was pretty bad against Cincinnati, it undersells, uh, 10 for 32, um, you know, which is, uh, abysmal fucking horrible. Um, and yeah, no, and I mean, you know, the encouraging thing, right. As far as Jerkovic goes, like bad against pressure. Pitt has allowed the third highest pressure rate in uh, Power Five. Um, Forty-four or forty-five percent of of Jerkovich's dropbacks, he's getting pressured, right? And completing forty-two forty-two percent of those passes for for less than five yards per attempt. So it's like, I mean, that's 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 the story right there, right? Like, if we can put the ball in his hands and make him uncomfortable and rattle his ass, did you see he was he was like complaining about people booing them? And Heinz Field is like, hey, buddy, how about you complete like even a third of your passes and you won't get booed? What do you think about I don't that? Think, I don't think he's going to get his warm up a reception in Morgantown. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, my God. But like, right. Yeah. It's like, let's get this. Let's hit this guy early. Let's rattle him. There's this guy's a wet blanket, man. Like he's a downgrade from Keaton Slovis. You I know? agree. And so like that's where the offense is starting from. 
So yeah, I yeah. I mean, only two games Hold in this on, year. Opinion of the offense. Only two games in this year, but we we talked about the stats in the deep dive over the off season. But uh, pretty neutral touchdown interception ratio. A lot of fumbles last year. A lot of turnover worthy plays. I I'm not. Now, now the counter is is uh, sometimes our our defensive backs and you know whatever's going on in our secondary is if you want to get right, for so um, <laughs> the the thing that stood out to me his PFF grade this year when blitzed eighty seven uh, or sorry when not blitzed is an eighty seven that's very high when he is blitzed fifty eight point one send an extra guy or two you know most of the time I think we got to just get in this guy's yeah. face and. Um, Trust that our guys can cover for a few seconds. Um, you know, last year, the, the the real strength of the pit offense, if they had a strength, it was definitely the running game. Um, nope. They got a lot of guys. They, you know, they returned some guys who were really productive last year. Uh, so far this year, it doesn't really seems like, seem like it was clicking or it has been clicking. Um, but, you know, they played, they played an FCS game to start the season. And then Cincinnati, who... I think we're all still just trying to get a reading on. So, um, you know, you'll probably remember Rodney Hammond from last year. That's like the the big name, though. Uh, they've been feeding Daniel Carter a good bit, too. Yeah, I think Hammond is actually the worst of the three. Um, I don't know if any of them are uh, a Bonaconda. Um, yeah, you, what would you say? Uh, Carter and then Sebo uh, Flymeister. Great name. Um, yeah, I mean, top top tier name. Um, but both of those guys have been a little bit more productive. I think Hammond's down at like four, 4.2 yards per carry. The other two guys are at like five and a half, somewhere like that. I think as, so they're the three that are going to get carries, um, as a trio, they have 41 for 201, which is a 4.9 average and three touchdowns. So, um, nothing super special. I don't know if that's, I don't know who to blame there, right? Like, cause the offensive line, which we thought would be good. The offensive line has a lot of people back. They, they have not looked they haven't covered themselves in glory so far, even against even against Wofford. Uh, I don't know. I, I've watched a little bit of that game just in the in the prep for this. And, um, you know, Pitt generally had their way. But like Wofford was still able to to get in the backfield every now and then and, and create some negative plays, create some problems. So, um, yeah, I'm surprised to see the grades and the numbers coming out of the offensive line based on yeah. what we thought they would be. Um, I mean, the pass block grade last week was really bad. Uh, Did you see they started a, uh, a true freshman um, he had an 8.5 pass block grade, oh. which I assume just means that he basically stepped out of the way and let whoever was in front of him run after. Do the you think if you had 10 snaps at like guard, you could get an 8.5 PFF? <laughs> so, I mean, am I playing guard next to Zach Frazier? An equally sized or... defensive player. Oh, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. That's pretty rough. Um, that's, that's really bad. I've never actually seen a grade that low in PFF. It's the lowest grade of it. That's what I was going to say. It's the lowest grade I've ever seen. I've been looking at PFF for probably, I think I've probably been subscribed for like three years now. By far the lowest grade. I don't think I've ever seen anything below like 25. Can you can you give me your uh, bub means uh, stat you gave me earlier? Because that's a really good one too. <laughs> yes, my, my interesting, uh, but ultimately it probably doesn't mean anything stat is that Bub means, um, leads pit and targets with 15, but they've only completed two of them to him. It's 13% catch rate. Great. He's no drop. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but, um, I think Jerkovich might stink also. Yeah. Some, some, something working in there. You know, the pits thinking, yeah, I would say ahead. the guy that scared me last year, and still equally scares me is, is Gavin Bartholomew, the tight end. 
And yeah. dude, he he got us a couple times in that game last year, and and uh, our history of not covering the tight end. He's a guy. He has seven targets this year, just in their two games. But he was open a lot against Cincinnati, and Jerkovich missed him twice. I mean, and you want to talk about Garrett Green missing layups? Like, yeah, nobody within ten yards of this dude, and just like just run out and hand it to him, yeah. you know, and uh, and missed him. So yeah, he could be a problem. I mean. Let's let's be honest, right? Bub Means, uh, Kanate Mumfield, uh, Dejon Reynolds. All three of these guys are good enough to get open on our secondary. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Um, Pitt's passing game hasn't been anything to write home about. It's not overly explosive. Jerkovich, uh, what I was going to say before I, when I was interrupting you earlier is like, I think Pitt's thinking offensively like is a byproduct of, of Jerkovich just isn't that good. Um could be a sloppy game man this could be this could be a pound the rock kind of just like yeah dude i don't want to say it's going to be a slap fight because i think it's going to be physical right like the trenches it's going to be physical um because pits front seven pits front seven's fine like it's not what it was but it's fine um but yeah i mean they're going to try and run the ball we're going to have to stop them we're going to try and run the ball they're going to have to stop us so, so you're telling me this is not going to be 2018 will greer versus kyler murray quarterback duel up in the the 60s no no i think (laughs) i think i saw the over unders 47 for this game oh man so that's 24 you know and pitt's favorite so 24 to 20 maybe 24 21 something like that yeah um wow okay but yeah i mean offensively right it 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 really is and our front seven's been good right so i'm encouraged but i think the key we got to stack them up on early downs. I looked it up. Their their spread is actually so Pitt wants to run the ball, but on first down, I think they're like thirty two twenty nine uh, run pass. So pretty balanced on first downs. But we're gonna have to. We got to keep them behind the sticks and any sort of passing situation, second and long, third and long. Send at least one guy, hopefully two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, let's be honest. Like that's the only way we're gonna help these dudes on the back end, right? Like if guys suck at covering, why is the like, well, we should just have them cover for longer, and then maybe that will work, right? Like, go get this one. Is, is this a Trey Lathan, Lee Koba kind of game? Like, like get in there and get some hits? Like, like yeah, let them know early? Bartlett, Bartlett's been playing well. Um, you know who stuck out to me? And his PFF grade was horrible against Duquesne. But, uh, Tom, and I'm just going to call him Tommy. I'm just going to call him Tommy Dorjai. Um, mm-hmm. That pops, and I don't know if it's just because he's a big guy and he wears number three, so he kind of stands out, but, like, Felt like he was around the quarterback a lot yeah. uh, when I was watching on TV. So, yeah, just, I mean, we have we got pressure against Penn State. We got pressure against Duquesne. Go get pressure against Pitt. Go sack this, go sack this yeah. guy. All right, so let's flip the field to win. West Virginia has the ball. Um, you know, I think generally our offense is, is a run-first offense. Like, that's what we aim to do. If you subscribe to what Neil Brown says about, well, we're just going to throw deep. I don't hate the run and shoot offense. That's a fun uh, variation. That's a fun way to play. You you suck them in, you make them stop the run, and then you you hit them with some home runs every once in a while. Um, yeah, you know that's an interesting concept. Pitt, um, you know, last year this was a really good defense, and this is what carried the team. I mean, they they really drugged them to a lot of wins through that middling part of the ACC. Just the defense was that good. Um, yep. You know, this year the defense I don't think is is on that level. You know, they lost Canty and Morgan and uh, Servasia Dennis. They lost a lot of guys in that front seven. Um, still early to tell, but 
you know, allowing 28 to Cincinnati, it's probably what you'd expect. But based on what we thought Cincinnati and what we thought of the Pitt defense, I would almost expect more. Uh, I expect a, a better performance from Pitt. Um, you know, looking at their, um, I just had the tab. Looking at their um, PFF grades, the uh, the guys that stand out so far in the the very limited snaps, um, top guys are looking like linebacker Kamara, um, edge guy Hayes, Day and Hayes, um, and these are guys who are who are starters, but. Um, they probably look similar to our PFF where it's just like there's a million dudes who've gotten snaps because they played an FCS team. So um, kind of hard for me to get a gauge on what this defense is really made of. Did you? What did you learn from watching them when they were playing Cincy? I, you know, not, not a ton. I mean, you know, I think the surprising thing is neither of us really thought Cincinnati's running game looked like it was going to be good. And I think Cincinnati actually ran the ball effectively not like i mean they didn't blow them off the field or anything but like ran it effectively um and i think if you read some of the pit sentiment it's just that the the front seven for the second consecutive year now right has just lost lost dudes right um you know two years ago this defense was elite um havoc plays last year they were still really really good at it this year Six tackles for loss per game through two games, including the one, like you said, that was against Wofford. That's 59th uh, out of 131 FBS, so slightly above average. Probably you would just say that that's average. Three sacks a game, that's 29th, so that's still pretty good, um, but not elite. And if you go back and look over the last two years, they're, they're top 10 in both of these numbers, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's just that, you know... You, the the dudes that are rotating in through the defensive line and the linebackers just aren't playmakers the way that the dudes that that have vacated those spaces uh, are. Um, and I think that particularly the the, the pit people are, are upset with the linebackers, just the linebacker play against the run, um, not not filling the gaps right, not the run fits just aren't right. Because um, I mean the defensive line grades actually look look okay, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I have in my. Yeah, I just don't think the linebackers are making the plays they, that they did or that they have over the last two years. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, obviously losing all the guys they did on the front seven is a big blow. Um, I think this defense is worse than the defense we played last year. I think it's it's safe to say that considerably. Um, yeah, you know, I have in my preseason notes just about the the secondary: MJ Devonshire, Marquise Williams, those guys. You know, being solid additions, and um, I feel like I wonder if we are a difficult team to match up against in the passing game because it's like which one of these ten dudes should we focus on? Um, you know, there's there's not a target guy that you can really you know suss out for us that it's like this is the guy we're going to. Um, yeah. So you know maybe that's an interesting wrinkle, but you know last year we were able to run the ball. I mean this was CJ Donaldson's coming out party. Um, now we yep. have a, a much more mobile quarterback. And, you know, I expect us to run the ball. I think this is both teams' strengths is running the ball. And um, I wonder if the game comes down to which quarterback can can produce enough plays to, you know, kind of just... I don't know if either of these teams are, like, a much better rushing team than the other versus the defenses. I, I almost wonder if this comes down to, like, which quarterback's either going to make the, you know, the two costly turnovers or which quarterback's going to make, like, the two big-time throws that separates and, and breaks this game open. Um, I, I expect low scoring. I mean, that, that, that 
sort of seems yeah. like the style these two teams are going to want to play, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the winning recipe for West Virginia is is get after the quarterback, make them feel like they can't throw the ball, and um, you know the crowd noise, get up a score or two, and make them in these like long situations where they feel like they have to throw the ball. And I don't think that's the hand they want to get dealt. Is is Jerkovic is going to win or lose them the game? If that's the situation, I kind of feel like I'll take that on their side of the ball. If Jerkovic is going to win or lose them the game, I'll take it. That's that's as good as we can hope. Um, when we have the ball, I mean, I think just continuing to to pound the run game. We got so many guys I want to have the ball, and uh, unfortunately, only one can have it at a time. So, um, <laughs> ride the hot hand, and um, I don't know. Still looking for some dynamic passing game stuff that. That's what I, I think that's the key, right? So um, what did you say? Green attempted 10, 20 plus yard passes. Yeah, in the last game. Yep. Uh, and that was just in half of the game, right? And so it's I I think uh, do we keep pulling at that thread? Because that seems that seems like a productive thread uh, to pull at. Um, and just like in terms of creating space, right? Like if the defense feels like we can actually complete those passes, then they can't put eight guys in the box, which yep. means that we can it's kind of how football works. I don't know. Um, but like, are we going to, can we keep pulling at that thread? Can we keep attacking downfield like that? Because I love that we want to throw screens. Actually, I hate that we want to throw screens because we don't have dudes who we don't have Tavon Austin. We don't have Stebbin Bailey, right? Like we don't have yak yards after the catch guys. And so throwing it to them in situations where, this play is not going to be productive unless they make a guy miss and then get 10 yards. It just does. It seems counterintuitive. Um, what does seem like it should work is, Hey, let's throw the ball to these big dudes down the field against quarterbacks. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm getting long winded here. I, I, but I, I, right. Do we, do we stay aggressive? Do we attack actually vertically in the passing game or do we turtle back up and, you know, run two tight ends and don't attempt, you know, any passes further than 15 yards down the field. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm going to be curious to see. And I, I, you know, I talked about the crowd, the crowd is angry. It's going to be an angry crowd. Right. And that's going to be the kind of shit that we are going to pick up on early in that game. Wherever it's like, Neil, this is not the time to be conservative. We go, like this first is- drive of the game, like third and long. And we run like a draw play. Oh my God. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Like this is, this. it's not a, I don't want to say this. And I mean, fuck it. Yeah. This is not a dangerous pit team. It's not a dangerous team. Um, and so like, what are we scared? Like, it's not a team that's going to run away from us. Yep. Like if we don't like, like you're saying, if it's third and long and we don't get it and just punt it to them, it's, you know, it's not like they're going to hang 21 points on us in, in six minutes and, and we can't chase the game down. Um, so I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'll, I'll, you I'll said give you some, all chips in. I'll give you some data to back up the Garrett Green thing. So so this year, just in two games, um, PFF grades, you can look at it in different passing depths. Behind the line of scrimmage, he has a 61. And his passes between 0 and 9 yards, it's a 62.5. 10 to 19 yards, it's a 63.9. 20-plus yard throws, 94.9. Yeah. And I get it, small sample size, whatever. If you go back to last year, 2022, um, he threw maybe 70 passes. Trend is almost identical. His best grades are on his deep passes over 20 yards. Um, it's where he's getting all these big-time throws, and 
hey, like we, I don't feel like we've had the long weapon for a, like several quarterbacks now to have this guy who can just like uncork it, have a deep threat. So, hey, I, I, I like aggressive football. I think generally speaking, coaches are too conservative. I think you let it fly in a rivalry game with your job on the line. You got nothing to lose. Like you got to go, uh, go for some big plays, and those are the plays that are going to ignite the crowd and you know get everybody excited. So. Let's do it. I'm I'm pumped. Um, Com- completely agree. I'm pulling up uh, Skylar Howard. Um, his 2016 numbers, pressure and depth numbers. Um, eh, he wasn't as good as I expected him to be. He did have 20. 20- so Skylar, 18 percent of his attempts went further than 20 uh, plus yards, and his grade was only a 71.9. Um. But on the 73 attempts, he had 14 touchdowns and two interceptions. He only completed 38% of them. But he had 14 touchdowns, two interceptions, 22 big-time throws. And so, I mean, like, I, 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 this is what we, we were talking about with, like, the identity crisis a little bit, where, like, it feels like Neil's an air raid guy, so he feels like we should run air raid pass concepts. But, like, the, the, the skill sets of the team is more, like you said, run and shoot, like, Throw it up university. Like, let's just fucking ride with it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, this team this team is... We're, we're not talented enough to, to be conservative and grind teams and we down. Don't per se have, we're just we not. don't per se have, like, a possession-type receiver either that it's like, we're going to go to this guy no. 15 times a game and he's going to make all these first downs. Like, we need some explosive plays. That's just, you know, what we, we need. What about, what about Tutty Huddy? I have no idea how to read that. Like... I have no. We might not hear his name the rest of the season, and he also. I'll be devastated though, dude. Did you see his little touchdown dance? He did like a little shimmy, like thing. You see his TikToks come on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm in. I'm all the way in. Um, (laughs) All right. Anything else on Pitt you would like to get off your chest? Um, Uh, we, We fucking choked it away. We have to win the game. Like for my sanity, we have to win the game. Um, I'd like Pitt to eat shit. I'm trying to think uh, what else that I need to say. Um, nah, will, no, I just I, I want to beat them so bad. I just want to beat them so 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 bad. Will they play Sweet Caroline during the game? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. They played it during yes. the game this week. Played it at Duquesne, yeah. I didn't know if that was a tune-up or if uh, for what, but I don't know if like the I could see the it's a get right game, Joel. I could see the for everybody. I could see the uh, WVU not wanting to provoke that out of their fans but no they should play it this is not the time (laughs) to worry about any of that like who is gonna who cares i don't care the people who care i don't care about the people who care about that how about that second those are not the people we need to be fucking worried about (laughs) the sixty thousand people who are there they want that played they want that played therefore yep Everybody watching on TV wants that played. I don't care about whatever suits are making decisions about things because those tone deaf pieces of S uh, are ruining college football. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever we can do to, to piss them off is actually good in my yeah. book. We could have a whole we could have a whole podcast series on the uh, the suits of West Virginia right now, but we'll save oh we'll maybe save that for the off season series. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's wrapping us up for the pit preview. Um, so you can find us at smokingmusket.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us, uh, at West by pod with underscores. Uh, 
check us out on um, Smoking Musket Twitter as well. If you're not in the Discord, Smoking Musket Discord is the place to be if you're watching games or whatever, if you want to chat about them with other Mountaineer fans. Um, also, check out Unreasonable Doubt for all your WVU basketball needs. And, uh, hey, let's go Let's go brain home a W. It's a big week. It's uh, probably the most important game of the season. And uh, it's the one that means the most. So let's uh, let's go get this thing. We uh, we are we are due for one of these guys. So we are due and eat shit. Oh, shit. All right. Thank you as always for listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.